Fueled by Temperance Spirits, Edmonton's leading non-alcoholic beverage provider. Order online for doorstep delivery. Welcome back to Game Over Edmonton, your local leader in post-game Oilers analysis. In this episode, it's fueled by Temperance Spirits, the city's leading non-alcoholic beverage provider. Visit Temperance online for a curated section of non-alcoholic options. Choose from a variety of craft beers, mocktails, wines, and spirits. Temperance isn't just a retailer. It's a community of Edmontonians who celebrate the spirit of socializing without the need for alcohol. And with Temperance Spirits online shop, ordering your favorite non-alcoholic bevies right to your door is as easy as Connor scoring the winning goal. You can find our partners at Temperance online at www.temperance-spirits.com for delivery to your door. And use the code SDPN for 10% off your order at checkout. And give them a follow on Instagram and Facebook at Temperance Spirits. Let's go, Oilers fans. We're back. And that's Zach. He's back. I'm Dennis. We're back bringing you a victory, a 6-1 game against the Carolina Hurricanes. Are you insane? Carolina is not a bad team. This isn't Washington. This isn't Anaheim. Zach, we blew out the Hurricanes. It was such a nasty effort. I I was one of the people who genuinely thought it was going to be a slow start for the Oilers. Like, you know, five-day break. You've won four in a row. You're feeling good. You had time off. You watch your captain get inducted to the Canada Sports Hall of Fame, whatever. You thought it was gonna, they were going to be a, a tough start. Carolina is a good team, despite them having very similar goaltending problems to the Oilers this season. I thought it was going to be tough. I thought... I th- I stayed away from betting on this game. I thought, you know what? This is one I'm not going to touch. And man, do I regret that decision because <laughs> I'm pretty sure just about every Oilers bet would have hit. Zach Hyman, Hattrick, Connor McDavid, disgusting. Everyone looked good. Skinner looked unreal. Kind of a shame he didn't get the shutout. Uh, yeah, from top to bottom, this was a domination. I I keep saying this consistently. Best game I've seen the Oilers play this year. Best game I've seen the Oilers play this year. One of the few games I had to miss was Washington. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know how this compares to that one and just in terms of a domination, but it felt like Carolina got nothing. Natural Statric has Carolina with 13 high danger chances for this game. I don't see that at all. Besides the Jordan Stall chance, Jordan Stall breakaway, two or three chances here and there. Felt like Skinner made an amazing save right at the end of the game, but like Carolina didn't get a sniff. There was back pressure the neutral zone, everything. It was they didn't get a touch. Well, this is what happens when you have a team like Carolina that just takes these super low danger shots, right? They just keep pounding it on there, trying to get something through. I mean, last year, that that was Calgary, right? They just could not score goals, even though they were getting all these shots in. And yeah, credit where credit due. Like you said, Skinner was good tonight. He he made the big saves. He made the little saves. He made the easy ones. He had the rebound control pretty much down. His glove hand was good. Like credit where credit due, he deserved the shutout. Didn't get it, unfortunately. But yeah, this was a great showing by Skinner. Great showing from the entire team, like you highlighted. I was really upset with Skinner early on in the season. I think that's well documented. Uh, Skinner's definitely redeemed himself uh, in my eyes uh, up to a certain point. Like I am much more comfortable seeing him uh, in net as of late. Uh, just before we continue on, I just want to say what's up to everyone in chat, you know, joining us late after a what was supposed to be a 730 started, pucked and dropped till 752, much to my chagrin. 
but you know whatever these are uh, just these are the tnt american games man like they just need extra time for some reason do they have oh, to I, do they have to highlight yeah. where these canadian cities are oh, <laughs> like, is that what's so, happening? It was so annoying i sat down on the couch at 7 30 expecting 7 37 and I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there and I started flipping to the Raptors game and I flipped back and I was still watching Sam Cosentino in studio. My oh my arch nemesis, never mind. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to say quickly, uh, breakfast wise, Kyle, I want to highlight someone I saw in chat that said they were watching from London, Minister. Minister. Uh, yeah. 5.30 a.m. Exactly. Thank you for being here on this Zach Hyman Hattrick night who, thanks to Nick Alberg on Twitter, pointed out that Zach Hyman has passed Mitch Marner in career hat tricks, which is very nice to see. The Leafs probably should have traded one of Nylander and Marner to keep Hyman, but you know that's revisionist history. Is losing Zach Hyman the biggest mistake in the in Maple Leafs history over the last ten years of the Maple Leafs franchise? Who knows? What a player! Thank you, Toronto, every single day of the week for Zach Hyman. Look, yeah, we let's get into the goals because there was a lot of them. And they happened so, so early. Like, McLeod's first goal was on the first shift? McLeod oh, was so... It was like 20 seconds into the game. He was so snake-bitten, right? Like, McLeod had... I love McLeod as a player. He's taken on more of a defensive sort of role. He's he's learned well from Nuge. And I was thinking, you know what? That's that's fine. You know, he if he chips in every now and then, that's good enough. Last game, he got an empty netter from winnipeg and then now he's got his first goal or his second goal 20 something seconds into the game insane fogel rushdown like fogel was able to use his his jojo stand or whatever it was to just knock that puck free and a beautiful pass over to mcleod for a, a tap in easy yeah. peasy yeah, the, the, the linesman waves off the icing fogel gets in a really hard forecheck which he's really effective at and you know what the puck, you, you, you just see the confidence on McLeod. You weren't sure how the empty net goal was going to affect him. You know, sometimes it's, oh, that was easy, whatever. And they kind of go back to the snake bitten. But no, that just lucky bounce almost that McLeod got today was not something that he was getting in the first 23 games. And I like what you said, taking on more of a defensive role because Ryan McLeod has definitely taken on some heat this season, right? Like without, like you expect a certain level of offense from him. He's paid to produce something offensively, you know, whether it's once every three games, put him assist and a goal once every two games, ideally. Uh, I think his ceiling, like I still believe his ceiling is something of a, he could potentially get a 45, 50 point guy. Like he has yeah. all of the tools. He has all of the tools. He's fast. He has good hands. And you saw him just with that confidence later in the game. And I know the shots were still going over the net, but just the way he was carrying the puck into the zone, challenging the Canes defenseman, ripping a shot on net, someone wide, somewhere a good save by Anti Ranta. Anti Ranta played really well after Peter Kachekov kind of I, had I don't a, I played horrible. He had a bad night and his night was not very long. And like no. let's let's get into it. One more word on McLeod for me. I, I love like you said, he was just ripping shots. And when you don't score for a while, that mental effect of yeah, maybe I'll just pass it off, right? Like Fogel, he's also been just this huge buzz guy. He started the year well, and then he just has petered off a little bit with McLeod and Fogel together. I really, really love the energy from those guys. They're both hilariously fast guys. And I mean, Swoosh is pointing it out in chat. McLeod has a great hockey smile as well. You just love to see guys like that succeed, right? And we'll get to Fogel's goal later, but... We don't have to oh. go very far away from McLeod's goal for another one. 
Oh, yeah, exactly. 97, looking like 97, looking like the best player in the world, dices up the Canes. Beautiful pass to Echo. The second fastest start in like Oilers franchise history. It's 2-0 after 48 seconds. And again, just like the work, the Oilers were dominating shift after shift. I think right after this goal, the dry settle line came out and had another couple good chances, right? Kane, Brown, dry settle. They look good, even though they didn't get on the score sheet in a 6-1 game. That, that, that was vintage 97. Another three points for him tonight. He's climbing up the scoring race. If I'm a team in first, I would be scared of the Oilers because there, there are a lot of defining moments we've kind of pointed out over this five-game win streak, whether it be a dry saddle one-timer on the power play, whether it be McDavid going to three games in a row with essentially four points. Uh, there's been a lot of defining moments. And I know we're not at this point yet, but like, tell me that the luck has not changed, that the tide has not turned when you see Warren Fogle scoring a breakaway. Oh, yeah. I mean, you mentioned the Ekholm goal again. I I wanted to quickly comment on that because you're right. Vintage McDavid. But also that was off of a face off and McDavid took it. He was behind the net again in the past. NHL players used to. Well, why? Why would you be behind the net? Like behind the net? You can't score from there. But McDavid, he is able to generate from anywhere even if he's behind the net you gotta chase after the guy because he can just go for a little button hook all of a sudden gets the puck to Ekholm who's across the crease from him there was no chance for Kuchekov on that one either and again like you said there's something about this team now where they they just have a bit of more jump McDavid's back into form and Bouchard also contributed on that goal as well. He's oh. had a great night. He, he he's looking like a Norris Trophy winning defenseman, and 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 just like on the two nothing goal where he plays a pivotal role, the three nothing goal that was a beautiful effort from Zach Hyman, right? Just a dogged determination. The Canes defense it was three on one at one point. No one could get the puck off him. But you know who got that puck to Zach Hyman? Evan Bouchard, Evan Bouchard, an amazing effort to keep the puck in at the blue line. He dances at the blue line with the puck on a string. Like, no, like, no, like, I don't think there was had a defenseman who could do that since Chris Pronger. Oh, yeah. Like, Bouchard, he's taken flack, obviously, in the past. And I think some of that is not, you know, it's not unjust. He is a player who will generate on the offensive side of the ice. And when you see stuff like that, it wasn't just one exit denial. Bouchard was able to stop an exit denial, hold the zone for a while. He danced through the like middle area, uh, like almost down into the slot area and then pass it off. There was another turnover, another exit denial by Bouchard. He danced across the line. And then, like you said, finds its way to Hyman and Hyman, just the hands. He, I, I think it was Pesci who, just had an yeah, awful it was night. Pesci and Slavin. Like, like they were munched by the Oilers. The Oilers they had munched an awful night. Um, that was the last goal for Kochekov, a 500 yeah. save percentage. Three and, sh- goals on six shots. And like really outside of like the McLeod goal, I don't blame him for two or three. And I know I kind of hate shit on people who do this for the Oilers, but like realistically, that was a domination. The the Canes did not make life easy on Peter Kochekov whatsoever the Oilers were toying with them this was 
the most and Carolina scares me just because it feels like the Oilers, similar to Minnesota, just always lose to Carolina. And the, I was so surprised the way they came out, the way they dominated up until this three nothing point. Like just the Carolina didn't get a sniff. It was almost like they would dump it in and immediately their whatever kind of uh, possession, whatever kind of momentum they had was stifled by an Ekholm, by a Bouchard, by a Nurse, by a CC. Like the Canes could create nothing. It, somehow they outshot the Oilers in the first period, 16 yeah. to 11. Like <laughs> the king of the garbage shot. Like it, I don't know where these expected goals they generated from came from. Like where? Like from a Brent Burns point shot through three people into an unscreened Stuart Skinner? Like how? Yeah. Like looking at the shot map, it was actually such garbage attempts from the hurricanes for most of that first period and yet like you said they came out on top for some reason 16 shots to 11 i i took note of that i was like hey i'm a i'm a little bit worried here you know with the oilers we've seen in the past games slip away but this was no such thing happening no. uh the the one defensive highlight as well like you said the the defensemen did all of their jobs really well Another defensive highlight I saw was just the forwards coming back and back checking. Like Dreisaitl. Oh, yeah. Dreisaitl's back checking this game was great. He didn't get much going offensively tonight. Not not what we normally want to see from Dreisaitl, but partially because of his line mates. Yeah, let's well we'll we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about the big B in a little yeah. bit. <laughs> but um yeah, like the the Amount of back checking from the forwards in this game, I think, stifled a lot of the Carolina breakouts, whether that be in the neutral zone, whether that was just early on the entry into the Edmonton zone. Uh, the, the Canes just could not hold the puck long enough or make a mm -hmm. play off of that first entry. And a lot of that came back from the pressure of a guy coming back and breathing down your neck. That pressure that you're that you're talking about, I, it's 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 a big change uh, in the in the Oilers of of Woodcroft to the Oilers of Nobla, and I think where it's really really noticeable is when you see a Bouchard or even a CC or a Nurse whoever make that offensive play that it seems like Paul Coffey's pushing them to play, and you you see the effort and you see the tenacity that the forwards are skating back to stop those what were two on ones earlier in the season, turning them into two on twos and essentially making them not not dangerous right like i can think of a number of occasions this game whether it was ryan Eugene hopkins connor mcdavid leon dreisov zach hyman warren fogel ryan McLeod, just all stood out to me on different occasions just moving their legs in the neutral zone getting back putting pressure on the canes forwards and not allowing carolina to create anything when you make them make plays faster no one's as skilled as the oilers no one they the oilers can make plays under pressure but these teams, if you just play with that structure and that force and that defensive effort that is just integral, you will be able to more often than not win those games because you can create more than the other team. Uh, just before we continue on, there is like 60 people like or watching. I just want to say uh, quickly, I haven't said it yet, hit like, hit subscribe. We're on our way to 100,000. We really appreciate every like and subscribe. Helps us keep growing, helps us build the channel. Uh, and yeah, Dennis, how about that fourth goal? Look, like the the fourth goal again, it was just a beautiful play from Bouchard defensively, recovering that puck, getting it to McDavid. The the vision from Bouchard, right? Like that is oh. one of the great, great things about this player. And 
I mentioned it earlier, you can rag about some of his other stuff, but on that defensive play, it was beautiful. He made the breakout to McDavid beautifully. Nuge goes in two-on-one and just, man, just Hyman just rips that one-timer. It's a beautiful, beautiful goal. And at that point, right, like... You start looking at this game going, hey, this is this is a runaway freight train. It was like 15 minutes or something like that. This is a yeah. runaway freight train. And when the Oilers are up like this, in the past, they have slipped. But yeah. the way that they looked, the way that they were playing on the ice, it looked like from 15 minutes into this game, the Oilers just had it. Like that was yeah. it. The Canes were not coming back. Absolutely. It's it's funny that you pointed out because when they do get up really high early like this, you you do tend to see those mistakes slip into your game. You know they don't want to run up the score or whatever that means. You don't like want to make the other team look stupid. I'm really curious to, to see whether or not Rod Brindamore brought something up about the third the first power play unit being on a, at a, in a six one game with like five minutes left. But yeah, that that four nothing goal was great. Run like you said, runaway freight train. That was a tic tac toe. Uh, and then you where the the worry kind of starts to slip in your game is uh, Michael Bunting uh, draws a trip from Zach Hyman. Hyman, no argument, right to the box. But Oilers kill they, since they let that one goal against Vegas. Outstanding. Yeah, and again, the the penalty kill was outstanding. Like you mentioned, Nuge even had a breakaway on yeah. shorthanded. Beautiful uh, it, move to create that breakaway. By the way, yeah. he, I did. I couldn't believe that he was able to even get a shot off. I think the the fact that. The the Oilers penalty kill was bad and something about the change in knob law, something about m- maybe Mark it has. To, yeah, like something about this team has transitioned to allow this. Like, what are they now? Like t- one against Vegas in like yeah, 23, they're, 24. They're, I think they're 23 for the last 24 kills. They're looking real good. And you know what? Like we can point to Mark Stewart and. The, the changes that they made structurally at the end of the day, it's the same personnel. And you know what, to me, the biggest key to the penalty kill is because I remember you have to, because remember, think back to Dave Tippett under him, the Oilers had a really good penalty kill. And then mm. it kind of fell off after that. Do you know what the biggest key to me is simply you're getting shorthanded saves Skinner. Now they weren't insanely tough saves they're probably all pucks that you expect him to stop but you know what that's his job he did it perfectly he wasn't letting out rebounds into the slot he was covering up any chance the cane the canes were able to generate and over the last this last stretch of game since snowball took over any chance that any opposition has been able to generate on the power play at the end whether you're doing you're creating offensively on the penalty kill whether you're in the lanes whether you are suppressing shots and making it hard for the other team to create you're just getting the saves that's the biggest difference has to be your like the goalie has to be your best penalty killer and again yeah you're so so correct on the money like the rebound control that was one of the big big issues we had campbell didn't have the rebounds skinner didn't have the rebounds early there was just a huge issue there but it was amazing today like if there was a rebound it dropped pretty close in front of skinner and he was able to pounce right on it he knew where it was going to be and Mm -hmm. if if you're getting goaltending everything else looks so so much better on the ice and it's fine if brent burns takes a shot because Stuart skinner was able to see everything another thing i noticed was the oilers were allowing skinner to see a lot more of these shots yeah 
there was a lot less traffic in front. There were maybe it's Carolina's play style. Yeah, I, I, I was watch going a lot to of say, I feel like, well, yes, the Oilers defended exceptionally tonight. I I, I want to say that the Canes, if they when they go and watch the footage, they're gonna say, okay, why was there no one in front of Skinner? Why were we not in the crease? Why were we not banging and crashing? Why were we not creating havoc and second chance opportunities? Because they did none of that tonight. But yeah, like you talked about the mistakes creeping in, we kind of got worried going into the second intermission up for nothing. Uh, I was worried that you know they come out sloppy, but once again, first shift of do, the game. Do you want to talk about what happened in the in the first intermission? uh with Rick, with uh, with Rindemore? oh sure yeah you can say it yeah <laughs> i mean uh we we heard it from mgd in chat again this was so so funny and made its rounds on hockey twitter rod Brindamore was talking to darren bang when they were coming back from the first intermission and I I love seeing this this dude has tormented Oilers fans since the 06 Cup run, right? And I love seeing him come on screen on national TV and say, "We're on our way to losing 50 nothing at this point. Like, <laughs> our team is brutal." You you could tell he wanted to swear. He probably swear or he probably called his entire team dog shit <laughs> in the locker room. But Oh yeah. He just had no answer. He's like, I, I don't know what to do. This team's not doing jack shit right now. Like, he, he we weren't ready to start. <laughs> like, the, the second period, as you mentioned, starts and immediately a great block by Yanmark busts out Warren Fogel on the breakaway. Amazing move to create the breakaway. Again, that inside outside, I believe is on Shaffield and just keeps skating. He's such a powerful skater and just jams the puck in because Warren Fogle, whatever he does on the breakaway, doesn't seem to work. Jams the puck home on Auntie Ranta and the others are up 5 nothing. It just works, man. Crash the net. Just push it in there if you have to. And again, Vogel sometimes just looks like Connor McDavid. Like if you if you closed your eyes a little bit and you just saw that three turn into a nine, no one would blame you because damn, Vogel does have so much speed when he skates. He just has to keep his legs moving. And this is contract year Warren Vogel. Like, are we going to re-sign Vogel next year? No. Who knows? <laughs> Like, probably he's gonna not. have to take a discount i think he will i think this is probably the biggest contract he'll ever get but i think after this goal uh it kind of died down i think the Oilers at one point like halfway through the second period only like three shots carolina was kind of pushing a lot of shots from the outside weren't generating much 97 looked like he was creating hyman almost got a hat trick there were a couple good chances for the others they were kind of missing the net uh like it, it was just kind of a it was kind of, okay, we're up and the other team has absolutely no juice kind of period. And it just like, I felt like the game took a, it, it just got really sleepy almost. Yeah. At, at this point, it was just kind of going through the motions, right? Mm -hmm. And th this is the fear. If the Hurricanes push back at this point, right? When it's five, nothing, that's when you might see again, one or two quick goals suddenly everything shifts the oilers start backpedaling a little too much they start making a one or two defensive mistakes skinner maybe lets in one bad bad bouncer two bad bouncers something like that but it didn't happen no. the oilers still got their chances they still pushed they yeah. were still playing in the ozone but they they weren't getting they smart much. Yeah, they were they, they were, they were their priority was to not allow carolina to get anything versus not 
creating a, a, as much for themselves. Obviously, they're not completely just hanging back, dumping in, stacking the red line, but they were they were playing smart. I mean, they at one point Vinny and Kulak in the defensive zone caught. Uh, they were caught chasing. They take a penalty. I'm still confused. The broadcast confused me. I believe it was Vincent Deharnay who ended up taking a cross-checking penalty. Yeah. Again, kill it off. Skinner, excellent. Kill looks excellent. And you kind of just move on for, uh, to the third period. There, like, yeah. there wasn't Kulak much blocked going the shot. on. Exactly. That's, that's it. Like that was the that was a penalty kill. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That was it. And then kind of in, in, in that game, right? Like in, in the third period. The others come out, they are generating, it felt like a little bit more chances in, the, in in that period, but it also felt like when they were, now Carolina early on in the game, honestly, like usually I'm the first one to come out and say, oh, they always deserved a power play. They, the Oilers deserved a power play, but Carolina wasn't working hard enough to take penalties. Like they weren't trying to hold, they weren't slashing. There were maybe a few points early on. Then there was one shift in the third where it looked like McDavid just buzzing could not get mm. the puck off of him and it looked like carolina committed two penalties separately on two different instances on that play mcdavid wanted the call they don't get it and carolina immediately goes the other way and scores it was kind of unfortunate breaks the shadow bid jordan stall who probably was the canes best forward in my eyes tonight um, i mean like this game was one where you saw a lot of action in front of the net because the oilers did it the Hurricanes realized their their long shot sort of play wouldn't work. So the players that are more used to that crash and bang style get in front of the net, just make they started running Skinner, right? Like at some points they were just crashing into Skinner. They yeah, were just bowling him over. This is a, a bid almost to get a little bit more out of the defenseman, maybe draw some some penalty, get on the power play, get one to get the team going. But it didn't work. The Oilers stayed calm i mean skinner obviously didn't like getting run over but he didn't overreact he didn't use his blocker to stuff anyone into the ice and it was just a a bad cover by brown you know and and brown did not have a good night like this was not one out of all the oilers that that played tonight almost everyone was good Connor Brown, Connor Brown I, I thought he scored later on in the game. I was ensure that the horn was going to go when Kane created that chance and Brown almost puts in the rebound and you see the puck just kind of float and flip right over his stick and he ends up hitting the crossbar. Honestly, such an unlucky bounce. What an unlucky season. Obviously, has he been great? No. Also been really unlucky. Um, I'm just essentially what we got to hope for is that there is a player there. He'll slowly come along and maybe by game 50 or game 60, he's not going to get 40 points this year, but maybe by game 50 or 60, we'll kind of see him pick up the pace and be ready going into the playoffs. Fingers crossed. <laughs> like those yeah, are exactly. dangerous words to say, but we are getting right now, close to 500, you know, two what? games under five. They were two, nine and one at yeah. one point. Now they're what? Uh, 10, 12 and one, 10, 12 like, and one. Yep. How, how the tide has changed. How the, the turns have tabled. Tables. How, how all this is just crazy. I mean, we should touch on the last goal real quick here, right before, but yeah, Zach Hyman gets the hat trick, a beautiful move by Connor McDavid. What else do you expect? Another three assists night. Hyman puts in the hat trick, and yeah, the Oilers end up walking at home, winning the game six one. They did put the power, first power play unit out later. This uh, is the yeah, this is the McDavid. That was the McDavid pressure, right? Yeah. When you when you see McDavid steal a puck off of a guy, deke another defender, and then you just have two guys who their instinct is I gotta cover that dude. They're not communicating in that instance. Connor McDavid's rushing down the net. 
So you just start drawing players and McDavid just has the hands to and the vision to make that pass over to Hyman. Again, if it was 99 other players, they probably can't get that done, right? That's that's a top top tier type of play that only pretty much McDavid can do. And now Hyman, you know, he he gets his hat trick. That's his third one, as you mentioned. Zach might be frozen here, so I'll hold it down for now. <laughs> Looks like um, like Hyman's just an incredible contract, right? Like you you started when uh, Toronto got um, when Toronto ended up saying, you know what, we're gonna move on from Zach Hyman. It's just too much money. We can't do it. Man, the Oilers just capitalized so, so well. They have now, you know, a three-time career hat trick scorer. And Hyman just, he he's a dogged, dogged player. He will crash into the boards if he needs to. He will gut it out. It doesn't matter. Hyman gets the job done. Again, the hope is that he stays far, far away <laughs> from any injuries shout outs editor and leaf says ridiculous nico exactly everyone loves that tweet um yeah hyman's contract is the worst in league history yeah right um yeah to close off the game it was pretty bleh like kakanyemi get ends up holding mcdavid they didn't even really need to send the oilers first power play uh obviously they ended up bringing it out the second power play unit got their first crack at it, took about a minute off of it. And now, now the Oilers, you have this opportunity. You've been off the ice for a little while. And it uh, looks like Zach is out for the night. So we'll just close it off here. <laughs> Zach did not get raptured. Um, the Oilers' first unit power play, right? Do you have to send them out? It's a 6 1 game. I get it. But. If you don't do this, you know, the wild are coming up. That's another team that the Oilers have had trouble with in the past. They did play an awful game against the wild last time. So you really, really want to test that power play. They've been off for five days. So they get out there. They kind of get a couple of attempts, but that was it, right? Like it, it, they didn't generate anything off of it. And I think, you know, at that point, they weren't going to push too, too hard. It was a 6-1 game. The Zach. It, Oh, Zach is back. Right. So we are switching back into the dual camera. Welcome back, Zach. Yeah, I was just my, mentioning. My Wi-Fi completely. Yeah, Adam Ernie took out my Wi-Fi. <laughs> Adam um, Ernie with a hit job on Zach's yeah, no, Wi-Fi. My, I don't know what happened. My Wi-Fi just like restarted completely. That was very weird. Never had that happen before. All I got good, man. I like all the theories and comments about what happened to me. Those are pretty funny. Good work, guys. Keep it up. Hit like. Really appreciate it. Hey, we well, keep it rolling on? on this show, man. Uh, yeah. we, <laughs> I was just mentioning, you know, the decision to send out the first unit power play towards the end of the game on that uh, Kokaniemi holding call. Mm-hmm. Uh, y- some people Love might it. not like it, Love but it. like it's it's been five days. You know what? Run uh, it up, baby. Yes, yeah, send them out. Fucking eight one, eight two. You literally go cry me a river if the Oilers were losing. I let the other team run up the score. You'll never hear a bad word from me. You'll never hear me say, oh, oh man, those assholes. They put the, it was up 5-1 with six minutes left in the third period, and they put out their first power play unit. 
No, if you're winning, you're winning. You know what there was new? Play better. You know what the Canes should have done in this game? Play better. Don't put yourself in the position, you losers. If you whine about any of that, I remember Dean Evison did it once. I remember Paul Maurice doing it. It's the biggest loser baby thing to care about. I fucking go out. Connor McDavid, I wanted four points. I wanted a Leon goal tonight. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see it so bad, but yeah. I love it. I was going to mention, like, I don't think the Oilers' first unit was really trying that hard. They were zipping it around. It looks great. But they, it got to Leon. He couldn't get the shot off or it got blocked or something. And he just puts a backhand, just a little floater in there. That got blocked or didn't get all the way through or made a save. No one cares at that point because it's pretty much the game is over. After the first period, the Hurricanes just considered this game over. They never really had much more fight beyond that stall goal. Um, Gagne and Kulak, late in the game, go two-on-one. And it's it's weird to say. Kulak has the, has the skates, right? He's He's got the boots. But one of the big questions about Gagne coming back was his speed. And it, it went off his skate. I mean, he skated hard late into the game. I think that qualifies him to say, you know what? Gags is fine. Like, leave him. He deserves time in the lineup when he was out for those two games or whatever. I think Adam Ernie didn't do a whole heck of a lot better. Maybe he did a better job killing your internet than replaced them playing hockey. All the theories in the comments. I don't know. Everyone's making me laugh. I'm having a tough time <laughs> focusing on what you're saying about Sam Gagne. Oh man, Jack! But who took out my internet? Was it Jack Campbell? Was it uh, was Adam Ernie? Oh, that's I don't know. Kudos to you guys. Very are, funny. Are you Adam Ernie in a Zach costume? Yeah, I, I, I've been replaced. It's like the it's like that. What's that Jordan Peele movie? Us. Us. It's not the real me. That's that's pretty funny. Oh man, yeah. Well, why don't, let's just ask for any, some pre- if anyone's got any press conference questions. We'll do we some press conference. I know. Uh, it, it's a late night. It's 11 o'clock already. Again, thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, it's it's one of these December games. It's We're starting to get into the hoe drums of the season. But the Oilers continue to climb. They're trying to get to 500. Two more games, and then we're there. If you like this show, hit like. It supports I, us. Yeah. It supports the SDPN. I can't believe I cannot believe we are two games away from 500 man when they were two nine and one I honest to God thought they were getting the first overall pick everything was over that's just goes to show you you never bet against Connor McDavid you never bet against Leon Drasada you never bet against Evan Bouchard you never bet against Zach Hyman who leads the team in goal scoring now here's my question to everyone in chat and to you Dennis at the end of the season does they Zach Hyman lead the Edmonton Oilers in scoring or in goals. Ooh, you know what? That is a tough one. Obviously, he has 15 right now for the team lead, if I remember oh, correctly. Is it not 16? Is it 16 off of that third I don't uh, know. goal? I don't know. 15, I, I seem to always mess up the <laughs> but here's the thing, right? I'm 15. thinking 15? Yeah. I'm thinking about it, right? And McDavid, it, he's he's back. I think his skating is looking Back to vintage McDavid. His his hands are great. His vision is looking amazing. But he's been doing a lot more of this pass-first mentality again. I think McDavid's yeah. gone back to his roots. I mean, I don't think we're getting 60 again this time from McDavid. So I, I have a feeling that McDavid isn't going to contest. And Leon is still super snakebitten. Like, it is no longer early in the season. 
Like, <laughs> if Leon, he can turn it up. I, I will never oh, yeah. bet against Connor and Leon. But at the same time, I have a feeling that Hyman will be able to hold on. Now, if that's the case in the playoffs, we might have some problems. But yes, I trust McDavid. I trust McDavid and Drysdale will go Super Saiyan in the playoffs. I, I, I trust that, that, yeah, like, it's fun to sit here. Oh, Evander Kane, will Zach Hyman lead the others in scoring him? Well, honestly, if Hyman keeps finishing the way he is, like, there is a distinct possibility. But I like that you pointed out that McDavid looks like he's a lot thinking a lot more pass first because, yeah, McDavid, just if you remember last year, on that flank, on the power play, just firing the puck, even this game. He definitely created some shots for himself and it felt a lot more shot heavy per se than, you know, the first half of the season did, but not to the extent that he was last year when he scored 63 goals. He is like, he is not shooting the puck even close to that. And I think that's a level that he can and will get to as he continues to get healthy because like, yeah, McDavid was injured. I I still don't think he is exactly 100%. I truly don't. I think he st- he will get, continue to get better as the season goes on. Obviously, like you said, if slash when they make it to the playoffs, it'll, it'll be a different story when with with those two. But like, there is a real possibility Zach Hyman leads the Edmonton Oilers in goals this year, which is in- in- absolutely insane. Insane. He's I, I believe over the last calendar year, he's, he's scored like. He's on pace for 44 goals in a season or something yeah. like just unreal production. Like one of the best free agent signings of all time. Unreal player. Just such a great guy in the community as well. Like uh, they really, really lucked out being able to sign Zach Hyman. Um, mm-hmm. in, we're going to start winding down the show now. It's it's getting a little bit late. We've had our technical yeah. troubles. We've bounced back from them. Uh, Zach, next show is going to be a little bit different. It's going to look a little bit different. It's not Avery. It's not yeah. me. It's not it's you. Not no. Next game is Friday. Puck drops at 7 Mountain against Minnesota. We're going to have a guest host, Clay, from Game Over Vancouver, is going to be taking over for us. You don't want to miss this one. See no. what his opinions are on the Oilers. It's you hear from us all the time, every show. But you know what? Sometimes a fresh perspective helps a lot. And I'm so interested in seeing what Clay has to say. Oilers fans are going to love him. Clay is an awesome guy. Clay is a, per- a professional. He's done it longer than all of us combined here. He just pumps out content for the Canucks. If you're not subscribed to Canuck Clay, that's his YouTube channel. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to be, uh, once I get out of my exam, I will be, I, that's the first thing I'll do is turn on Game Over Edited. How could the University of Calgary stu- uh, schedule an exam on an Oilers game night? Just the absolute disrespect. The I couldn't disrespect. believe it. But uh, yeah, no, I appreciate Clay for, for, uh, for helping us out it's gonna be a lot of fun it's gonna be super fun again uh clay's such a professional i don't think he'll have any internet problems he's gonna have a better camera he's gonna look better than the two of these ugly mugs (laughs) so definitely tune in on friday post game after minnesota that's it for tonight's show zach where can they find you you can find me at zwill 97 on twitter and dennis where can they find you you can find me at Dennis Lee Y-E-G. That's it for us tonight. Thank you so much for watching. Once again, click like, subscribe to the SDPN, and if you're listening to on, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever, leave us a review.
It all helps. It all gets us closer and closer to that elusive goal of being the SDPN media empire. <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly. But yeah, that's it. Have a good night, everyone. Take care and play. We'll see you on Friday. Yeah, let's play La Bamba, baby. Play La Bamba, baby. Good night. Game!